When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Me too. Welcome back to Doing It with uh, Danny Zucker and Jenny Johnson and uh, a very special episode of uh, Millionaire Matchmaker today. It really Uh, is. Jenny, I'm going to let you take lead because I have watched, I I feel like as a man, you've showed me what men do to women in terms of harassment and um, objectification. It's helped me understand what I need, how I need to be a better person is what the way you've treated our, our guests tonight. Well, our guests tonight, I mean, this is, I don't, this is like the most important podcast I feel like we've done. It is. <laughs> By a mile. This is, I mean, I don't, this is my life partner, mm. my soulmate, mm-hmm. you know, um, we've hybrid our names together. Like the way they do in Us Weekly. And what is it? It's Dennis. Dennis. Dennis, yes. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Keith Morrison. I cannot, you know, being with my life partner at this stage of my life is just finally. I mean, it's it, it, right. It, it makes this, like, pandemic easier, you know, when you oh. have a soulmate the way that we are you know what we have together is what people dream about i think now i i just want to get i want to i'm going to put in the baseline and i'm going to disappear and become a third wheel you know (laughs) which is most of my high school and college and frankly adult life so for those not familiar and i would make yourselves familiar jenny would send absolute love poems to keith online and the way we knew Keith was funny was Keith played back just as good. And it was, re- and it was great. How did this all start? When was contact made? Do we remember? What was your meet cute? I, you know, I, I honestly first- don't remember Keith. You did. Oh, yeah. No, I don't remember either, but I know that you started it. Oh, 100%. I, I definitely started it. I would 100%. And I'm friends with, we have a mutual friend, Josh Mankiewicz. And that. And oh, Mankiewicz, dang Mank, right? And I, I was like, I just, I always loved your episodes of Dateline, and so for some reason, I just thought, okay, let let me just pretend to be in love with you <laughs> on social media, and then and then I just made the assumption when I would write that you felt the same way. So well, I just, I started just referring to you. It's like you feel the same way, obviously, and then you played back with. Yeah, of course. And and then, these days, I'm hoping, you know, to meet you or something. I would absolutely love it. I feel like our paths have crossed in weird ways. I, a few years ago, I, I was in New York, and I went to the Dateline offices, and uh, sure. all the nice folks there, Katie Bloom, who is one of the uh, – yeah. Oh, yeah, she says right. hi, by the way. <laughs> and I think you were actually on a conference call, and I said hi to you. Like, I was in the office. I would not have been, you know, I, I would have rushed across the uh, office and said, what is that you're drinking? Oh, it's an emergency thing because I feel like I was getting a cold. And my Sam Houston State University alumni. By the oh. way, <laughs> Keith, Keith was already interrogating you with a very pointed question. So I, I got it right there. So when Keith, I, I want to hear from Keith on this. So 
when this crazy woman on Twitter starts professing her love, what is your reaction? Like, what are you, what are you thinking right in this moment? This is my lucky day. <laughs> That's the perfect answer. It really is. It's the perfect answer. No, I mean, she's I, charming. She's bright. She's funny. She's beautiful. What, what, what more could any person want? I think this you know, is for the podcast. Let's just say good night and let's just call it. <laughs> <a> good night. <laughs> that was, but you like playing back was really funny, and I love how many people that follow you and follow me will like. I get people sending me things of, oh, have you seen Keith on a reef? instead of Elf on a Shelf, but like people always tag me in everything that you're included in. It's like, have you seen your boyfriend? He's doing this or your husband's on this. It's kind of amazing like how many people have enjoyed our courtship via social media. Yeah. And now how, how right. does that- Hold on, I have a follow-up question. How does the actual woman in your life feel about this? Oh, that's She's extremely intelligent. Yeah? yeah? I suppose I have to tell her about it one of these days. Now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, hang on, Keith. Didn't you – there was a moment where you were on a plane and you asked a friend of mine if she could trade seats with you to sit so you could sit next to your wife. This was a few years oh. ago. My friend Joni Martinko, and she, like, texts me and goes, right. I actually switched seats. He, he said, you know, would you mind? And I said, only because. Of Jenny Johnson, and she traded seats so he could sit with his wife on a flight. But it, it took her a little while to figure out what, 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 what happened. <laughs> How do you feel about like the fame that you have from? It's completely nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I, you know, I'm just a, a goof who does Dateline, but um, people have been have been very nice to me, and they they. Put me on reef and things. So, yeah. what well, should be back? Like Josh is telling me about when y'all have gone to crime cons uh -huh. together, and he's like, "It, it's like walking around with Mick Jagger." Like <laughs> he, said, he was the the response that you get, but I could fully see it. I mean, people like crime, true crime shows in general are a huge thing right now. I mean, it's like they, massive, they, but COVID. it's like you're their leader right now. Like you're the, you know. I keep waiting for that to, to immediately stop. Right? It's not going to happen any day now. I've, I've always, I, I am fascinated by this, though, like, because I don't know if it was always like this, but that it, it, women in particular are really oh, yeah. drawn to these shows. I'm, yes. I'm, now, you've been with it. Was that always the case, Keith? It was the case after we, after we became a true crime show. I mean, we, we morphed. We, we, we used to be just, a, you know, all kinds of things. We do, you know, it was a chicken salad of a show and, and, and fun to do, by the way. I enjoyed yeah. it immensely. But once we started to really get into true crime, it's kind mm -hmm. of mirrored, I guess, the increasing public interest. But that is, I would say that the people who watch our show are probably, you know, 75% women. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why is that? What do you do? You have a theory on like why do you think that is? I know I, they're used to the perfidy of men, I suppose, and uh, <laughs> they get proof practically every week that we are indeed cads in every imaginable way, and dangerous ones at that. Right. Well, like how many? I mean, there's plenty of women, by the way, that write love letters to serial killers, so we know that that's yeah. there's that could be, be kind of a thing, but. It's a weird, yes, yeah, strange kind of attraction to the, to, to the, and the creepier the story, right? The foolish the details, the more you know. A certain there's a attraction like I can fix him. Maybe it's that. he won't cheat on me. He's in prison. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe. Well, no, that. That's not true. <laughs> no, I think it is true. The <laughs> fact that you can have a husband who's in prison. Who will never cheat on you? Who will never betray you? Who's always there when you want to see them or talk to them? Uh, but really, can't afford to talk back to you because well, you know your privilege has been taken away. What could be better? What could go wrong? Like, yeah, it's like for me. Say that again. You 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 cut out. I just want to make sure we're not talking because the the zoom is cutting out. 
Say that again. Oh, no. no, no. I just want to hear that. I just said it's 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 like Jenny and me. The perfect relationship. Yeah. What could go What could go wrong? Yeah. I wonder if I should put that on my dating profile that I'm in jail. <laughs> Maybe I'll be better. You could do work. Yeah. Well, let me ask you. Okay, so Keith, you started off though. You were a you were an anchor reporter. Like you, this is how you a broadcast journalism. Like. Yeah. This um, was never your intention to focus on just. Oh, Lord, no. I, I'm, uh, no. You know, life, you just follow it along, and it's, it's a bouncing ball. And uh, it, 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 you end up doing things you never would have expected to do. But, but yeah, I started out just as a reporter who read newscasts once in a while and, and um, then sort of switching back and forth among those things. Yeah. Um, Ultra Chrome Titans. I mean, um, where did you, where know, did you start? What market were you in to start? I started in a place called Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, oh. the Paris of the West, we like to say. <laughs> City of bridges is a lovely place, but um, cold in the winter times—that's for sure. Do you but go back frequently? Once in a while, I um, my youngest sister still lives there. Oh my gosh. And almost and got to do a murder story in Saskatoon a couple of years ago, but it didn't pan out. Did the person what? not end up dying? Or? It was a murder plot that didn't succeed because really, right? Did you actually kill somebody? I don't know. Yeah, and ruined your story. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> do you know that I was a news producer for several years? I didn't know that. I was, yes. I, I was a television news producer. For, oh, no. And then natu naturally went into comedy because that's the next. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I had my broadcast journalism degree. That's what I did for several years. And then I uh, ended up moving out to L.A. to try comedy. Just like that. I think I want to be a comedian. Uh, it wasn't just like that, but I was doing like more writing, comedy writing, and then I kind of got noticed a little bit through Twitter, and I decided, oh, let me see if I can make this work. If not, I have this many years behind me as a producer. Yeah. Give it a whirl. So I've been doing that ever since for seven years now. So. Who did you work for producing things? I worked in Austin, San Antonio, and Houston. I worked for local Fox and then ABC affiliates. Oh, well, well. Yeah, Central, KTRK. I know. I mean, yeah. mm -hmm. and, and now I just, here I am talking to Keith Morrison. Can I just say you guys are really good at all? Like this is like, like in the montage of the dinner. This is the part <laughs> in that montage where like you're giggling, right? Yeah, your hair. I know. I'm getting a little sweaty in the armpits right now. I know. I feel flushed. I do. I feel a little slightly flushed. I put, and actually, as I was getting myself ready, I put perfume on. I'm like, why would I do that? But I like it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, I have to ask also a few different things. Yes. One, I can't tell you how many people find it necessary to tell me that you're Matthew Perry's stepdad. I it uh, yes, that is something that happens to me once in a while too. People will say, did you know that you're <laughs> but it's like really it's such an interesting fact like i don't think a lot of people really know that including me you didn't know that he's matthew perry's stepdad well, you know i don't think either one of us makes a thing about it it's uh you know the, yeah it, it was a great surprise i think more to him than anybody else when he suddenly became hugely famous um and now he's known as keith morrison's stepdad <laughs> it's true though i mean like that's such an it, i don't know it's just an interesting fun fact that and you and you have uh how many kids do you have you have a few yes we have if you count them all up six of them um, wow that's a there's lot. This, who is suzanne's son and i have a son named michael mm -hmm. um, with, with his wife and kids up in toronto and um and then we have four kids. So it's a, it's a good bunch. It's a good crew. And are any of them in the industry? Any broadcast? Any aspirations? Uh, do what you do? Uh, you know, probably not. Uh, I, I have a 
one of my daughters is is in the business as a as a starting out producer. So oh, okay. Aiming to be what you were doing probably in places like uh, Austin. Oh, and I loved. I actually I really enjoyed being a news producer. I mean, it's like you know when you're working in news, it's never yeah. it's never dull. It's going going, but you and you begin and end your day, and it's. And I bet you were the one, or I don't know whether you're the youngest, but did you go running down the hall with the cassette tape and just slam into the machine to get it on the air? <laughs> there was a time that I did that when I was like an intern, and then when I started off, my first job, I was a, um, I operated the, <laughs> the studio camera, like on the morning show. Hey. Roll, you know, like I started off like intern, and then I was like rolling the teleprompter, Windexing, <laughs> and then I went to like. Into sports and associate producing, and then yeah, it was fun. I, it was fun. I loved it, but I when I stopped doing it, I was kind of relieved because I think after a while it can get to you. I mean, sometimes when you do a story, it's hard to leave it. Like, well, do you ever I, find that? Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah, there's some. I, I actually wanted to ask you about that because we asked Josh about it too. Like, is there a story that like sometimes in the middle of the night it just it it, it hits you? It's like that was. Or do you, is it like you're a doctor and you start to get inured to like people dying? It, no, it's just it, they're, they're a scadgy. And I'm, and I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to count them all out. Um, I once got out of jury duty. I was sitting in a voir dire one time in a, in a courtroom. And I said, you know, I don't really think you want to have me on your jury. There's too many stories. And the judge said, what do you mean? How many stories have you done? Have you done? About probably a thousand, you know, a lot, a lot of stories over a long period of time. I mean, of this this type, these long right. crimes, and they, some of them stick more obviously more than others, and there probably are half a dozen of them that I find myself at all the time. Yeah, it's like hard to shake them at times. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. find yourself like when something is on the? Do you find yourself automatically assuming? That dude's guilty, all because you've just seen the the the, the pattern of it play out so much, or uh... you know, not I, I. Maybe I'm just too naive or something, or or want to believe in people more than I should. But I always want to find out that they're not guilty. You know? Oh, um, you actually would be good on a jury. Well, you know, <laughs> I would be. I'm the worst. They always dismiss me because I'm like, no, he looks guilty. Like he probably did. <laughs> And then they ask me to leave. Do you ever have like, there's those stories that you can't shake, but are there ever those stories like you've interviewed some psychotic people? Oh like, my! Set across from like, yeah, the the real winners. Yeah, you betcha. Have you, there ever been any that you've actually been, even though there's people that could intervene? Like, have you ever been nervous with certain people? Not nervous that they would do any bad thing or anything like that, but. You just want to make sure you get everything you can from them because the, I mean the the, there are some who who really are sociopaths and they will try to play you in every imaginable way and they think they're smarter and all that sort of thing. Right. Uh, so you just there's a little dodging and weaving involved, but um, but the ones that that I recall most are the ones that are just blatant and and describing what they did and not having any uh, you know just guilt. like no emotion behind it just. I'll never forget the preacher who decided, uh, based on his reading of the Bible, that you really should have plural wives, even though he wasn't LDS or anything. Uh, so he went out and he got a junior wife. He already had one and a few kids. And um, the junior wife lived with him for a little while until uh, she got a little, uh, she decided she wanted to go to college and she wanted to do something with herself. And it was not fitting well with the preacher. So he sent his regular wife off to Santa Barbara or something for the weekend with the kids. And he took the junior wife out for a very nice steak dinner. Um, and then they came home again and he took her into the bathroom and he cut her into little pieces in the bathtub and put all those pieces into a couple of Tupperware containers and put them in the back of a, a rented SUV, drove it out to Arizona buried it under a cairn in the desert. It took him years to, to figure out what happened and where she was and who she was even and who did this. Um, 
So I got to interview him in, in prison, and he cheerfully admitted to doing all those things and told me why and the rest of it. But so I was trying to get get out of him what where this fit into his sort of theological makeup of the world. Aren't you supposed to love people? All that sort of thing. Right. He said, oh, no, um, no, we'll get back together in heaven. She's waiting for me now. You know, once once I die, now we'll be married again. So. Oh. And you were like, oh, you're right where you should be. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was interesting, you know, it makes for a really interesting day when you talk to him. I mean, what you're talking about is part of what sort of horrifies me about, um, like, religious zealots getting into power politically because if you're because it's not the armageddon is not something they're trying to avoid <laughs> you know it's that's salvation and it's like yeah that's kind of scary you don't want them to have the launch codes you know yeah. mm -hmm. i feel I, I hear you on that have you been uh doing like how's things like how has everything been during the pandemic have you been able to it's shockingly uh, pretty weird. I, I, I was surprised. I thought that we would have to shut down or something, but um, I'm just as busy as ever. So all, the only difference is that we do everything remotely, but not just on the, our iPad Zoom type thing that you see on television all the time. They've got a, we use all our, you know, high-end crews that we use on a regular basis, but and we use Zoom technology, but uh, the way we set it up, it looks like you're sitting in the same room talking to each other. And right. it, as you're talking to this person, very intimate, like like you could be four or five feet away. And you can, you know, you don't have to yell, you don't have to feel as if you're trying to speak over a distance or, or like this. Do you do uh, your voiceover at your house? Right over there. Yeah. In, in the closet. <laughs> Josh said he does his in the closet too, which I just thought was kind of funny. I don't think that people realize when they're watching an episode that you're actually sitting in your closet. Yeah, between a puffy jacket and uh, a sea bed. <laughs> oh. I've I, I wanted to ask you this for a while, but like, because I hate like, you know how a comedian starts off and they're still figuring out who they are and then they really find their voice? Like, uh, they find, like who they are as a performer. Do you find... What, do you do you mark what because you, you're so original in your delivery and you're and like you you, you you sort of set a delivery that others you're you're sort of something that I watch lesser journalists try and they try and ape that a little bit because do you remember when you sort of came to that or no you know I don't know yeah my my uh, I always, I take credit for a lot of to my, my mother and father, really, you know, because my dad was a, speaking of <laughs> religious people, he was a preacher, and he was a good storyteller, and my mother was the organist, choir leader, and, you know, all-around mu musical person in, in the church, and so I always had to sing in her choir and show up at all of my father's uh, services, and you kind of, after a while, you get to feeling for how to do, you know, how cadence ought to work and how um, expression ought to, uh, ought to work. And if you're telling a story to somebody, that you want to tell it like it's a story. It's not pronouncing it. So, and then I don't know, once we got into this um, long form uh, crime stuff, it just seemed to make sense to me to amp that up a little bit. Yeah, no, you have a very – there is. There's a music to what you do, if I, like, not to get too pretentious about it, but there's like a you're, – you're, you are – like the best book on books on tape I ever listened to are, are ones who like they, – they are in the moment. They're not just reading the book. They're like they're, – they're, they're helping you through. And I find you do that for a lot. It's, it's, That's really what, – uh, what denomination were you? Oh, it, it, this was up in Canada. It's a uh, Canadian denomination, United Church of Canada, which was the kind of the the biggest of the Protestant churches that had been combined with. Uh, oh, Our Lady of the Perpetual, Our, Our Lady of the Perpetual Apology. A little bit like that, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm going to ask some questions. Okay, first off, when I, I posed, I, I love that I posed the question, what would people like for us to ask you, Keith? And from the Dateline NBC account, it says, this has disaster written all over it. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Dagan McDowell asked, I'd be perfectly happy listening to him read the lyrics to Night Fever. Night Fever? <laughs> the Bee Gees. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> I was thinking like Night Before Christmas, but okay, let's see. Oh, how do you feel about how crowded the true crime genre is right now? Why don't they all just go away? <laughs> just leave the professionals to do their job. <laughs> it, right. it's, it's amazing, isn't it? It's like an adult. I, I mean, there's so much right now. It's like they're... And I and I do enjoy it, but I feel like now it's overwhelming, and not all of them are winners. There's a lot of. That's true, and uh, like anything, uh, it, it has a certain wave, and the wave passes eventually. Is there, is there is there like a is there like a true crime, either a short docu series or a thing that isn't that you do like, or do you or, or are you so fed like I find it hard to watch sitcoms because I write sitcoms all day. But are there ones that you watch and you think, wow, those guys really nailed it? Netflix has had a, a, a few pretty good ones, yeah. like The Staircase. I enjoy that. Oh, uh, that's one of my favorites. The Staircase, yeah. like you said, yeah, it's it's great. That yeah. one's really well done. I, uh, but I don't watch very many of them, frankly. Um, yeah, it's kind of like you've probably had enough of it. What do you like to watch on your free time? Whatever my wife wants to watch. <laughs> and what is the missus like? <laughs> now it's is uh, red. We've been watching Your Honor. The have you seen that? The, just a couple of episodes out so far. It's the Brian Cranston. Uh, yeah, the Brian Cranston one. It's great. It's, it, it's disturbing. You watch it and you get sort of nervous because you know bad things are happening and they keep getting worse. Um, <laughs> I heard that so, was good. I haven't watched that yet. That'll be on my. Yeah. What's any other questions? From uh, the from our internet people. Oh, let me just look. I'm sorry, I just got sidetracked. I have a question. What did? You, what was your reaction when you first heard Bill Hader? Do <laughs> you? <laughs> do you? Yeah, I um, I didn't. I, <laughs> it bothered you. The, the expression of the expression of, at the time that I used when somebody asked me this was I didn't know whether to chitter or whine. Like, this is really, really funny. I know it is, and yet, ooh. I'm a little <laughs> too close to it to appreciate it, right? Yeah. Was, it, was it more of the impression of you, or is it, because I've, I've found, personally, for me, like, because I like true crime, and I'm also in comedy, like, I had people a long time ago, like, approach me, about, oh, you should do, like, a true crime, like, host. I, I have a hard time with it, because I don't know how to make that funny. It's not uh, funny, because the, the, in, at the end, a person died. I know. And you can't be disrespectful to that. You know, it's like. It's a very weird line to kind of zigzag across. Right. That's why I always kind of bypassed it because I felt like I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful to a victim's family and friends by making some little punchline about, you know, having watched, oh, look at the, you know, terrible detective work or like whatever it's just at the end of the day there's there's an actual like thing do you find like that people find it funny sometimes like to ask you about a like they're not seeing that it's a real thing that happened where they're like oh did you think that that person gave a stupid answer like they mock something that shouldn't be uh, yeah and um i mean <laughs> you remind them that just as you just did. That yeah. The real people. Boy, oh boy, too, when, you know, one of the things we, we do, of course, is interview people at great length about what they've gone through, about who they've right. lost, what it is like to lose somebody in those circumstances. And, uh, like, yeah, it's hard. It's very, very hard. How, how long does it take you? So when you're working on a particular story, like how long does it take you from, because you have to go back and forth a few times, right? There's a trial, there's something. It's not like you just go for a week and no, 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 wrap no. it all up. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of back and forth. Uh, some of them you follow for years and years and years. You know, the, 
I mean, yeah, for 15 years, a couple of them. Really? Before, yeah. Or, or maybe you get it on the air once, and then, you know, five years after that, you think, well, we can, this, this is, things have happened. We can do this uh, better now and different. That's amazing. I mean, and before, I mean, with some of the, the families or the people you have, before, are, are there any, like, relate, relationships that form? Sure. Absolutely. And and sure. So you, you find yourself in that part of the country, you go and see them. Um, but yeah. That's amazing, actually. Mm. And because you're Canadian also, you had told me, I was so happy when you told me that you listened to our Anne Murray Oh, episode. I love that show. She is so down home and so real, and I, I love the accent. Oh, yeah. she wasn't she wonderful? Like, I didn't really know what to expect. Like, I was, I've been, my whole life, I'm such a huge fan of hers. Like, I, no joke. And when well, you, I'm like, I'm going to throw this out here and ask if she'll do it, you know, like... Part of part of what gave me such pleasure in listening to this program was the fact that you're such a fan girl, and it came oh, through. I was so they play between the two of you, which you really like. Oh, she's wonderful. I thought that that was so fun, and I'm like, oh, of course she like Anne Mary. She's fellow Canadian. <laughs> and she also she was just she could not have been lovelier. I had so much fun with her. Um, she posted that. Oh. <laughs> You have to give that to Guy so we can find that. It was the most bizarre. It must have been in the early '80s. She did a um, like a, some award show or thing with her, Johnny Cash, and then Andy Kaufman as this sort of Latka Gravis character, and it was Latka and Anne Murray doing a bit, and it was just it was so bananas. <laughs> uh, it, well, she put it on her Instagram, and she was like, oh, thank you to such and such for finding this for me, and posted it. I'm like, why didn't we talk about this? You were with Johnny Cash and Andy Cohen. Oh, I forgot. Just, just so, yeah. like, she's one of those people that has lived such an amazing life, but would never sit there and boast about it. No, just, it was like a, yeah. She put it in, 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 in human perspective, and it was nice to see that. Oh, she was wonderful. I, I really, really enjoyed her. I I kind of, <laughs> I always laugh about like Josh Mankiewicz, like when him and I were, before all the pandemic, we would have lunch every few months, catch up. And, and Josh is one of those people, do you find that sometimes, like I remember having lunch with him and I had just seen the movie Chappaquiddick, like that movie had just come out. And I, he's like, what you been up to? I said, oh God, I went and saw Chappaquiddick yesterday. And he's like, oh, you know, Mary Jo Kopechny was my babysitter. Like, but he, you would have to like say something in order for him to give you the piece of information. He doesn't tell you. It's like, oh yeah, my grandfather wrote Citizen Kane. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Mind you, he's enjoying. Uh, have you seen his his uh, Twitter picture has changed now to Mankin or just? Oh like, yeah. <laughs> have you watched that yet? Have you seen the Mank movie? <laughs> Yeah, have you seen it? Yes, I really enjoyed it. I thought yeah. it was really, really interesting. It, it was good. But uh, young Mankiewicz, um, he's just, he's, he's such a delight. He's, he's, he's so uh, smart and he's such engaging company. Never boring. Yeah. No, completely interesting. Do you think Andrea Canning will have more children? <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> I mean, I was like, didn't she just have one? Oh my God, she just had another one. Is how is she back on the air and still looking fantastic? She gets yes, it takes her a week. Boom, there she yeah. is. I mean, like I get the sniffles. I'm leveled for the month, and she's like, no, <laughs> new kid. Boom, back on the back on the scene, man. She's very impressive. Covid hits the country, and uh, I was, you know, we're having meetings about what to do, and I, you know, we want to support and. In a difficult situation, we don't want you to feel, uh, you know, concerned about your health. And uh, she sticks her hand up, and says, "I'll go anywhere. Don't worry, I'll get plane. No problem." You think just to get away from all the kids, maybe? <laughs> no, 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 no. You didn't think about that. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, now you're you're based in California. Um. Yes. Yeah, I am. You're up here. 
And you haven't, so you've been doing these, have you had to fly most during this? Well, uh, fly? Yes. You mean during this whole business? Yes. yes. No, I haven't, I've stayed home my whole long time. That's good. Yeah. I just wonder, I mean, I've seen a lot of people still, you know, on the move and they're doing, have you been tested? Like, are you being yeah, super well, safe? Have you left? Are you? Yeah, tested once in a while. I'm just, look, I'm, I'm extremely old. Uh, oh, you're not. Yeah, very, extremely old. And so I, you know, I don't care. He looks great. He has all his hair. It's really annoying for some reason. <laughs> just a nightmare. <laughs> I haven't had highlights since March. It's a nightmare on top of my head as well. But you look great, Keith. You really do. Um, I love catching yellow bands around your head. I, well, and if you saw, like, just how... Oh, it's horrible. It's just a nightmare. It looks worse than Danny's right now. Kate just fades with the hair. <laughs> so will you be able to see family or anything for the holidays? Or are y'all all going to keep your social distance? Because I think I'm going to stay. I, I'm not going to go back to Texas, so I'm going to have a nice This time. room. I'm not leaving the room. <laughs> I, I'll phone my wife to say hello. <laughs> oh, y'all are even staying <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna miss COVID when it's not an ex like I I'm gonna, what am I gonna use for an excuse not to see my family? I don't know what I'm gonna do after that. Yeah, yeah. I hope for another one, I guess. Right? <laughs> Big Bill. <laughs> do you ever like do you, do you ever get asked to like appear as yourself in film or television? Like, are do, do people ever come to you for those things? I I have to imagine they do. It's, it, it has happened a little more lately, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what to do about those things. They probably have had idea, right? Have you, have you done any of them? Have you, like... No, I'm afraid to. I, I get very, very nervous. I really I do. Most of the time, it, it's probably a good idea not to do them. There's, there's a few notable exceptions, mm. but a lot of the time, it can be like, oh, don't do that. Yeah. So, uh, I... Well, you did a little thing one time with a few years back, I remember, with uh, Seth Meyers, but I made the oh. assumption that y'all seemed like you were kind of buddies, so that yeah. that was probably different. Forced, forced date or something, I don't know. What it was something <laughs> like that, it was funny. But are yeah. you, you and him seemed friendly, like, to begin with, yeah. maybe. He was a nice guy, and we had a lovely day together. I haven't seen him since, but... Oh. Uh, <laughs> He seems like a very nice. No, he was. He was great. He was fun. Interesting. I'm glad you brought him up because he is. He is just so on point, right? Yeah. He was told that whole thing. It's all pre-scripted, and I think he's, he's got a staff of writers doing it. But I mean, he was directing it all, and he wanted to change something slightly and just turn it around, do it a different way, and it worked better. You know, it's not that many who are fronting these things are that astutish. Yeah. He's a really great guy. We're, we're friends with their head writer, Alex Bays. His, uh, Alex Bays is brilliantly funny. And I, I, I've texted Alex a number of times after a great piece on Seth. Uh -huh. and, and he's like, that was Seth. I'd love to take credit <laughs> for it, but he actually wrote that. And, you know, that, you know, I, it must have been really him because as a writer, I can tell you, I'm happy to steal credit from anybody. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, um, yeah, he's obviously a huge friend of his like that. Okay, so your honor was the thing. We got to get to our recommendations, which we yeah. already kind of did. Yeah. So, um, well, what that. What else? You know what? I'm I'm, I'm almost em embarrassed to say. I can't remember what the name of it is, but should I be embarrassed? No, I'm not embarrassed because I'm It'll really be to see a Gs. I I'm going to watch the Bee Gees documentary. The Bee Gees. Oh, Danny's about to lose it. I'm about to lose <laughs> my shit. It is so good. You, you see it? I watched it. I watched it two days ago. And I may actually watch it again. Now, I was like, I was at that formative age. Like, I was like, mm -hmm. a, like a shitty teenager when Saturday Night Live Fever came on. I was like 13 or 14. Yeah. And 
and the whole disco sucks thing happened, and I was like, yeah, rock, and I was like an idiot, and it was like only when I got to college I realized the brilliance of those songs, but I hadn't really thought about what that cultural moment meant in a lot of ways. I also was woefully unaware of how horrific they were in the 60s and early 70s. Sure. Like, yeah. and, and, and then post Saturday Night Fever, the brilliant songwriting they did. Out, yeah. I, Other people. Who knew, right? Islands in the Stream. That's them. Yeah. yeah. Rogers, Dolly Parton. I mean, it was – and it's really – it's, I actually, I'm going to say, and I'm dead inside, I cried at the end. Because, you know, it's, it, it's just Barry left, you know? And, you can and call he, a little dead inside to me. Thanks. I'm going to just... I, oh, he I'm, is. He is. Oh, my God. I feel, I feel this sociopath fooled you. I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I can't. That's it, it, For everybody listening, watch the Bee Gees documentary. It's fantastic. So, don't, don't be embarrassed, then. Seriously. What else are you watching? <laughs> And by the way, my mom also watched it, Danny, after yeah. you said, and she was loved it. She said she was going to watch it again. Yeah. But, but every third weekend, when uh, uh, certain uh, grown-up members of uh, my tribe come over for dinner or something, they will put on a Bee Gees video or something from some concert in Las Vegas or seventy-seven yeah. or something, and they dance and they sing and they have a wonderful. I, you know. Wonderful stuff. Wild. It's, it's hard not to tap your foot to some Bee Gees music. I mean, yeah, wild. To this day, it's it's timeless. You can't get enough of it. Anything else you've been watching that you think, hey, people, you should watch this. This is good. Well, I think everybody's probably seen the Queen's Gambit by now, right? Mm-hmm. I really like that a lot. I you know what? What we watched a little of the some of the um, flight attendants. I decided how I feel about that one. I've it's been watching it. It's like I like it because I like that it holds my attention, but I don't know. Like, I but like it. I would recommend it, but I don't know, like. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she's a, kook, a kooky one, that's for sure. But, it, but it's, it will hold your attention. I will give that. Like, it, it has held my attention, and I'm like, okay, I'll watch the next one. I'll watch it. Like, am I, am I seeing the first lover quarrel this year? I mean,. Well, I feel like we were kind of agreeing. Yeah, I think we're being right. Possibly, I was, I was, you know, pretending to be because I don't want to have a quarrel. No, I know. We I'm, won't fight. We won't fight. I won't be. I, I agree with you. I won't be the wedge. It's about compromise. <laughs> I will not. The wedge. What are you? What else are you watching? <laughs> uh, what are you watching, Jenny? Anything? Um, I wanted to recommend uh, Sam Morell. You know him, stand-up comic. He's ah. in New York. He just put out a stand-up special on YouTube that he did like on a rooftop during this pandemic. Oh, and it's really funny. So, and it's free. You can go on YouTube, type in his name, and we'll put it in the the link and everything. But huh. highly recommend that. Good stuff. Good laugh. What about you? God, Danny I Blue. Not since the last time I talked to you, we talked. I haven't watched anything new. I've been like sort of working. So I, I'm sorry. I don't have. Nerd. I have a couple pilots that I'm working on and I have to get them done before the holidays or at least some of it done before the holidays. So mm. yeah, I, I was telling Jenny before I got on, I was like, I spent the whole pandemic. I'm going crazy. I need work. What do I do? I'm cra- and the minute I get work, I'm like, oh, I can't do this. <laughs> right. I've always wondered how, I mean, in your line of work, the theater, you sit down, you're, tr- you're writing material. Yeah. It has to be funny. You're looking for, you know, the, all the tricks that make things funny, the surprise or whatever it is, or funny things on people. But it's really hard work. I'm, and the, the, the mood you have to be in to be creative and do this hard work, how does that relate to the kind of <coughs> funny stuff? think like sort of like the minimum like your entry ticket into like comedy writing is that you're funny so you sort of take it for granted that when you're talking when your characters are having a, a thing they'll be funny or the situation will be funny the hard work really is the story it's like what's what is wh- how because we it's like there's no difference between like writing the only difference between writing like a one-hour drama or a comedy is 
the funny. It's the dialogue. Because we still have to have stories that have a beginning, middle, and end. You want some mm-hmm. humor there. So you're doing all of that. I, 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 I think I've said this on the show. I, I once wrote, right after the last writer's strike, I, I got a job on a drama. And it was the what, because in a comedy, you know, you get out of a scene and you have to have a joke. It's called the, sure. blow, the blow to the scene. But when you're writing a drama, and it was more pages, but I finished quicker. It was, it was like, uh, this could be the blow to a scene. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, like I, that, I could do that in my sleep. It's like without doing a joke, it was so much easier. So that's that's sort of. I find like that, like when I'm writing it, I find it harder sometimes when I'm doing writing stand up, like, and I or I have to do like I've been doing Zoom stand up shows, which is really that's kind of be, that's kind of bizarre, and you have to treat it differently. And sometimes you're just like, okay, I've just been pacing around and, and I'm trying to come up with something and then all of a sudden, oh gosh, it's about to start. Let me sit down. Like mm-hmm. you don't have that like excitement that you usually have before you take the stage. No, it's, so it's sometimes I feel like the energy, like I have to like really pump myself up to like mm-hmm. be funny and deliver it because at times you're like, oh I just crawled off the couch. Let me uh, I'm about to start. And then you see like fifty people in the Zoom audience or something. You're like, oh actually have to be funny. Mm. That can be problematic. Different though. You've got a bunch of people on a screen looking at you and as opposed to sitting there in front of you interacting with you. Yeah, it's it's difficult, but it's I'm happy to have it because I think that if I wasn't able to do that, I would probably go at least it's an outlet to mm. succeed on. I'm sure it's it, it can't be that much different than like you're having a shitty day. And then you're interviewing somebody, like, but you still have to like get it up for this interview. And maybe the guy is rambling on and on, and it's like you're just like try not to yawn in the middle. Like it's like you. Have to, <laughs> I think about that. Like I have to be, you know, you have to be engaged with people, like you're fresh and happy, and you know, sometimes it's mm. it, it's sort of what we do. It's the same thing, I think. Uh, maybe, 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 maybe. Have you ever yawned in the middle of talking to a murderer or anything? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, actually. I wouldn't admit to it, of course. But, you know, the people you talk to, tomorrow morning, I, I'll, I know you're in hurry, but oh, Jesus. Tomorrow, tomorrow morning, I've got to go, I'm going to be interviewing a man who is in prison, um, who admits he killed two people by mistake and then, you know, chopped up their bodies, which, you know, burned the Accidentally, bitch. Accidentally, yeah. Shouldn't have done that. Um, but, uh, whoops. But he's also accused of killing somebody else and chopping up that body. And he said, I didn't do that. But then I was – so I was looking at his background to see what this person is all about and, what it, you know, how credible he may be, et cetera. And, oh, my God, the things people have gone through in their lives that make them wind up in these terrible situations that we wind up talking about on Dateline. It's no surprise they get there. I mean, God, the – the abuse that occurs in people's lives, the the terrible, terrible backgrounds they have, going way back generations. Uh, and, yeah. You know, the apple doesn't fall far. It's a, it, it's absolutely that case. I think about that all the time. Just as a parent, I think about like, oh God, please, like, don't. Like, I think about my own, my, you know, my 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 dad fucked up enough that I feel the need to be a comedy writer, which I <laughs> not would wish on my children. I just always think like, oh, please, like, don't, when my kids are growing up, don't let them be sociopaths. Let them know they're loved and that they're good. <laughs> don't be the reason they have to go to therapy. Like, don't make them go to therapy. Don't be the topic of uh, conversation in therapy. Well, I, that was what I was, I was, I was going to finish with asking you what you're working on, but that's, that's, so that's the next thing up. That's uh, so, yeah, among other, there, there's all, there are several things that are going to go, but that, yeah, that's one of the things I'm working on. Mm-hmm. It's well, a, it's a quite a tale. <laughs> when will that one uh, air? Like, so how like deep into that story that, are you? We have to do we, we, this. Uh, a portion of this has to be shot now, but the rest of the story ready to go on the air for a couple of years. So you know, that's oh, a wow. quick, have to do it now. So let's do it. Well, is there um, anything that you want to pl- – do you have your dateline? When, when's your next episode airing that we can make sure to plug and everything? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 
is how you know you're a big deal. <laughs> this is how you know. You don't, you, he can't be bothered with this. No, not that I can't be bothered. I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should, shouldn't I? You know, what happens is we, Josh and I and the others, we, in all truth, we just, we do our stories and, the, you know, our betters in New York City decide when to put them on television and, um, and when I find out just not too long before they go on air, I, I get on Twitter and try to, you know, get Jenny interested so that her back <laughs> following might watch our show. Mission accomplished. She's interested. Mission accomplished. They're, and, and all my followers are always super interested, too. Well, well Steve, it's been, I mean, I, I obviously it hasn't been as important to me as it has been to Jenny. But just as a, in, 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 it couldn't be. But it was a delight to meet you. This is very exciting. Keith, I really sincerely appreciate this. <laughs> I appreciate you being such a good sport about all of my uh, harassment to you. That really. I think you've saved my career several times. <laughs> and can you just say, like, on air, you like me more than Kristen Bell? Oh, please. Oh. <laughs> oh. Come on. <laughs> I want you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I think that you probably like her more than you like me. <laughs> I'm just going to, I just want to tease her about it. Like, I'm talking about you. <laughs> well, of course I do. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. You don't have to mean it. Just as long as you say it. <laughs> to the doing it, watch Dateline. We don't have to give you the time or the date. You know, it's on all the time. Um, pretty much, yeah. Living legend, Keith Morrison, not Dennis. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's My life. Been a delight to, to just to be with both of you. And, and I'm, I, I would stay here all night, but I know you're busy. You have to go somewhere. <laughs> you just look so <laughs> nice. I, I love your hairband and your the start. Oh, thank you. I love your. I love the whole thing. I love the typewriter behind you. The whole thing. Oh, I'll, I'll get us a picture. Maybe one of these guy. Have you taken any screenshots? Maybe you could frame. One of our pictures, Keith. Thank you so much, Keith. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you so much. So this goes Thank up um, next week, does it? It'll be uh, Tuesday. Yeah. And I'll, I'll send you, I'll email you the link and everything if you want to share sure. with Well, I'd, I'll be afraid to listen to that. I, I, I can't okay. <laughs> I'm always afraid myself, so don't worry. I am too. It, it's often frightening for me too. <laughs> but thank you so much. Isn't it weird listening to things that you've done yourself? I mean, very. It's incredibly yeah. weird. I can hardly do it. No, I, I have a hard time. I find, I find it really weird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but I can understand why people don't want to listen to our podcast because it's like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like listening to myself. I thought you were talking about listening to Jenny. I find it excruciating. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love listening to my malevolent things. And they are, are malevolent, yeah. <laughs> Malevolent. I <laughs> don't. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Keith. Everyone have a wonderful evening. And you too. I will say goodbye. <laughs>